Hi, Tony G Nation. Tony G, your host here with my partner in crime, Will McCormick back. How's it going, Tony? It's going good, man. It's going good. It's good to see you back in the yeah. Will McCormick spot in Tony G back. Studios. Good I missed it. I missed you too. It. We started the show really quick today. We did. We really didn't, no, we didn't waste much time. We didn't uh, shoot the breeze like we usually do today. Probably could have had like a half hour podcast of the of the chat we just had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. The pod before the pod would have been electric today. Yeah. Filled with emotion. Correct. Unlike so, today's show. I think I found a new nickname for you. Uh-huh. How about Will McCormick? Instead of that, Will Smith. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. So I did cover that briefly because, I, you know, it's not sports related, but it's like... Did that happen prior to Tuesday's show? I don't even remember. Sunday night. Sunday, oh, Sunday okay. night was the Oscars, and that's when it happened. Yeah. And so I talked about it Tuesday because, you know, it's my pl- podcast. I get the platform to do what I want with it, you know what I'm talking about? So I t- you didn't run it through me first. I did not. No, I should have. But <laughs> spent like the first... It was a pretty long intro. Uh-huh. I'd say maybe like eight minutes and spent four or five minutes talking about Will Smith, Chris Rock, because it was just like, you know, it's, these are two cultural icons, two like societal a, icons. It's like a slap in the face. You got to talk about it. <laughs> Your dad jokes are back already. I mean, like it's incredible how quick you turn on the dad jokes. You didn't quick. make any. You didn't make too many dad jokes. I don't think you made one in the pod before the pod when you no. got into Tony G Studios today. But here we are. It's like a switch. A minute and a half into the podcast today, and boom, dad joke, dad mm-hmm. joke, dad joke. And yet somehow you're still not fired. You're still employed <laughs> with the Tony G Show. Whatever. Well, it's good to have you back. Yeah, good to be back. Any thoughts? I mean, I guess we'll briefly cover this here. With the Will Smith, Chris Rock thing. I said I'm pro Chris Rock. I'm pro yeah. joke. Always have been for comedians, giving them the space to make jokes. You know, they make light of certain situations, whether they're dark or light. And, you know, that's what Chris Rock was doing. It was kind of bogus. Mm-hmm. But it's a joke. Yeah. You know? So yeah. I feel like both, you know, I'm not really, like, taking one side or the other. I can see where, like, yeah, the joke was definitely, like, a little bit too far. But at the same time, like, going up and literally, you know assaulting i don't want to say assaulting but hitting chris rock is also not right well, the right thing assault. to do yeah i mean chris rock could have pressed charges opted not to right and in that situation if i were will smith i'd be like hey i would go and talk to him after the show you know not happy about that just my cool, wife is upset you know cool heads prevail something. yeah cool exactly. heads prevail nobody benefits from from him doing that both those guys came out and apologized for what they did and Which their is, actions so yeah. I, you know i guess forgive and forget time heals all wounds but still just this aftermath, we're not even a week removed from this event, and it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. Which, isn't that like way out of Will Smith's character to do that? Yeah. And this is what people are speculating, because now it's all speculation about what Will Smith has been dealing with his entire life. You know, stories and videos have resurfaced on Twitter and social media of Will Smith in interviews saying, you know, his first ever girlfriend cheated on him. And, mm. you know, Jada, Jada Pinkett Smith, someone who he's married to, has had affairs with other men mm. and it's something that a lot of people again it's all speculation nothing not a right it, you know no one's really coming out and saying will smith is this or that but it's just all speculation in the aftermath that maybe will smith is dealing with something internally that just snapped in that moment and mm-hmm. i i don't know i don't know that's, really what it is but. that's certainly possible like you i mean that you know having that in the back of your mind of being cheated on kind of gives you that little that bit of distrust yeah. yes insecurity yeah. and so that's that's a good point you I, I didn't know that um no. that's certainly something that is probably what factored in yeah i can only imagine that it did so i i guess uh, we'll talk sports today should we or just talk about this all day this is yeah 30 minutes of intro <laughs> <laughs> i like that plan 
Well, today's show with Will McCormick back. How about this, Will? Last day of March, our 15th episode of season 7, or excuse me, season 8, and we only have 10 more episodes to go after this one. 10? Yeah. 10, 10 official episodes left. That's kind of sad. Isn't it something? Mm-hmm. Crazy. Crazy where we are at, but today's show, we're going to talk about NBA basketball to start off, and I entitled this segment, Tony G finally gets to the Bucks and the NBA MVP. It's been a topic I have been neglecting since season seven. I came back and I remember when I when we came back for season eight, I said there was so much stuff that happened in the off season of the Tony G show that I have so much to talk about. I could just make show after show after show about some of the stuff that went down over the winter when we were off. And one of those things was Bucks basketball and the NBA MVP race. And I neglected to get to it. I neglected to get to it. And then the NBA is starting to wind down, going down the home stretch into the playoffs. And here we go with MVP talks, with, you know, standings and stuff like that. So we're going to have that discussion today. I'm finally getting to the Bucks, and I'm going to give you my NBA MVP, and it's going to be no surprise. I'm happy we're talking about this. This is yeah. like, I think I watched what we're going to talk about 15 times. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. You know, we're talking about the Bucks. Yeah, yeah. Look at the shirt I'm wearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a heat shirt. Yeah. So our second segment that we're going to talk about today is the new overtime rules in the NFL. I thought about making this the number one segment, but it was like, there's not much to talk about. It's a new overtime rule, and I, you know, we're just going to talk about it for a brief moment because there's, it's only one rule that got changed, and it's very clear. It was like a, it was like a, a just a tweak. So there's not, you know, it's not like we can talk about this for an hour. It's just a slight tweak. Mm-hmm. We'll comment on it and then get to the third segment, which is a bit of a more fun segment. Because it intertwines TikTok. We'll tell oh you what boy. that means when we get there. Huh? At 20G Nation on TikTok? <laughs> we, don't, we don't have a TikTok presence yet. Get on that for me, Will. That's our show today. Bucks and the NBA. New overtime rules in the NFL. And then TikTok. A TikTok segment? A TikTok segment. That's coming our way. He's at Willis5312 on Twitter. I'm at Tony G Nation on Twitter. More Tony G stuff, more of me at TonyGNation.com. That's my website. Catch all my demos, all my writing stuff, and more pictures of me as if you need them. That's it. <laughs> all right. Let's, let's get, get to it. Let's get to it. Tony. Let's get let's get into a show. That's Will McCormick on Tony G. You are listening to the eighth and final season of the Tony G Show. Eight seasons of laughs, memories, and sports are coming to an end. Follow the show on Twitter at Willis5312 and at Tony G Nation. Check out more from Tony G at TonyGNation.com. Now, along with Will McCormick, here's your host, Tony G. News just breaking. Live here on the Tony G Show. The Los Angeles Rams have acquired middle linebacker Bobby Wagner, signing mm. him for a five-year deal, $50 million. Bobby Wagner, the veteran Whoa. middle linebacker. Five years? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. The rich get richer for the Rams. I mean, just handing out money. It's like LA markets. These big markets, the rich get richer. Buy their way to championships. Do I sound like an old man shaking my fist at the sky yet? They won't win it anyways, Tony. Don't worry. Yeah. I hope. Who knows? Who knows? That's uh, breaking news here on the Tony G Show, even though this is a recorded podcast and not done live. So, just figured we'd mention that, throw that into the topic today before we get into segment number one which is me finally getting to the milwaukee bucks and making a hierarchy a top three ranking 
for the NBA MVP. So let's start here. Been following and watching all season as always. Gotta love professional basketball where it is talent upon talent upon talent all over the place. It's a very competitive year this season. The East is very competitive. Like the the first five, six teams are all have all been mentioned or predicted at some point in the season to finish number one in the conference. The West is very good. The Suns are having a great year after losing to the Bucks in the championship. So it's been a great year for NBA basketball. What has sparked this conversation, and the reason that I finally decided to stop putting it off and talk about the NBA and the Bucks today, is my motivation came from Tuesday's huge 118 to 116 win over the 76ers for the Milwaukee Bucks. And that was a huge game for a lot of reasons. And one was because it was for, you know, the winner was going to take number two and mm-hmm. the loser was going to take number three or four in the conference rankings. So the Bucks got that huge win and beat the 76ers. And it was a huge game for Giannis. 40, 14, and six was his stat line. He was four assists away from a triple double. It's his ninth 40 point game this season. And not to mention mm-hmm. that within this game, Mr. Giannis Antetokounmpo dunked on and then in another occurrence blocked Joel Embiid. And I think he had two more blocks, right? I think he had three in the final stat line. Something like that, yeah. I think it was three. Exactly. It was a block party over there. <laughs> it was a block party. The whole neighborhood came around for that block party of Giannis Antetokounmpo, especially that big late block, which mm-hmm. you just love to see. You were game telling winning. me pre-show about this will about Joel Embiid getting blocked and Mm -hmm. you know Joel's a great player yep one of the better talents in the NBA he's up for you know he's probably in the top three top five in the NBA rightfully overall for the MVP award but something about him getting blocked Mm -hmm. in a big game against the Bucks just hits there's yeah there's certain players that just the way they carry themselves it's just like that's going to catch up to them at some point (laughs) you know like just that kind of yeah, yeah. And I like Joel. He's a good player, but But he just has that sense of, you know, entitlement mm-hmm. or, or almost that cockiness. Mm-hmm. The trust the process thing from a few years ago. Yeah. I mean he's he's good, you mm-hmm. know, and, and off the court too, he's funny. You know, tweeted that meme yeah. about Ben Simmons after the seventy sixers offloaded him. So you know, it's it's still not like we hate the guy, but mm-hmm. it's He's good talent. He's good stuff. He plays for the Sixers. So. Exactly. He plays for the Sixers, and that just gets to you a little bit. If he was a if he was a buck, oh, wow. I'd love him. Will would be on his train yep. right away. It would be. Huge, I'm not biased. <laughs> would be a huge <laughs> Joel Embiid guy. But this is a huge stretch for the Bucks, playing top competition in the East right now. They just played a huge game prior to the 76ers game. Played a huge game against the Bulls a few weeks back, and. Uh, they played. They just came back from a a trip out west, playing the Warriors, the Jazz, and the Kings. They lost to the Warriors, but then won those other two games. And they have a huge game coming up tonight, where they head to Brooklyn to play the Nets. That'll be a huge game. Then they got the Clippers, Mavericks, and then they play the Bulls, Celtics, Pistons, and Cavs to conclude their season. Only a handful of games left for the Bucks, and it is a huge time in the season. Looking at the standings, the Heat. Already have uh, the division clinched with the 49-28 record. Their division, that's not the conference, Eastern Conference. The Milwaukee Bucks are second. 76ers are third. See, if the 76ers win that game, those two and three positions are flip-flopped, and behind them are the Celtics, Bulls, 
Raptors and Cavs. So it's a pretty competitive. And then you have the Nets at eight. So it's a pretty competitive Eastern Conference. And while pretty. we're mentioning, I mean, man, yeah. that, that's a super competitive Eastern Conference. I mean, it is like one through eight, one through nine. I think are very good teams. Yeah. I don't know if I like the Cavs that much. I think their forty-two and thirty-four record is a little bit mm-hmm. non-indicative of the type of team that they are. But it is a very competitive conference. It is, nonetheless. And yeah. you want to talk about competitive conferences? Look over in the West with teams like the Phoenix Suns, who are running away with this conference, running away with the league, sixty-two mm-hmm. and fourteen. They've absolutely dominated uh, play this season. They've already clinched the conference. The West is theirs. Behind them are the Memphis Grizzlies. Led by John Morant at 54-23. They've clinched their division, and then a playoff position has been clinched by the Mavericks. I can't imagine that it's too far away for the Warriors and the Nuggets behind them, not to mention the Jazz. A lot of competition this year in the NBA. and you, can, you know, I don't, make, I don't want to make it seem like it's never like this, but it it's just has that feel this season that with the amount of superstar talent that there is in these top 16 slots in the NBA it's like this is a packed packed season for talent and NBA and some of the cleaner teams nicely coached teams as well I mean this is a very very competitive year for the NBA so this is a huge stretch again the Bucks will play the Nets tonight but after watching that game on Tuesday and this is where I'll segue from the NBA discussion to a more honed in discussion of the NBA of the MVP it raised the question, who is this year's MVP after watching on Tuesday? Giannis and Joel going at it, and I did some research, and I've seen a lot of names get thrown out there. Guys like Steph Curry and John Morant and you know Chris Paul. Who are my top three? Who am I going to go with? Joel Embiid says it's my time to be MVP. Steph Curry looks like the 2014-2016 Steph Curry. Giannis is Giannis, as always. But you know what? Tony G does his homework. Mm-hmm. So with that, I want to get to my top three. I've already mentioned one of them in this third position. It's going to be a bit of a shocker. A lot of people are putting Joel Embiid in this third spot. I am not. Joel Embiid is not in my top three. But bear with me as I make this argument and then make an argument against me. My third place MVP vote will go to Chris Paul. This would be Chris Paul's first MVP vote or MVP at all. Chris Paul leads the NBA with about 11 assists per game. He's also the second-ranked player in steals with 1.8, almost two steals per game. Those aren't necessarily high-scoring stats, but what gets me to think Chris Paul deserves this number three spot are some advanced stats. He has some of the best individual performance play, which is an actual advanced stat in the NBA. Chris Paul ranks up there, I think, top three. So Chris Paul, for me... Not to mention his on-court play, the fact that he has always been one of the more steady players in the NBA, a guy who you can always rely on for production no matter what team he's on, no matter what streak he's on, no matter if his team's winning or losing, he's always been a guy you can rely on for production. Now, why does that mean he should get the MVP this year? Well, besides these stats, the Suns have run away with the West. They're having the best year in the NBA, already over 60 wins with a handful of games left. Chris Paul has led the Suns to this incredible he, – he led them to the, to the finals last year. You could say guys like Devin Booker and mm-hmm. you know all you want. Chris Paul led them to the NBA finals last year, is f- 
fighting and fighting and grinding his way to getting them back there this year. They're looking like the favorites out of the whole NBA. I would say the West, but they look like the favorites in the entire NBA. Yeah. They're playing clean. They're playing fast. They have great defense. I mean, this is one of the best defensive teams in the NBA, not to mention that their scoring is out of this world right now. And I think Bridges is up for, I think he's in second place for defensive player of the year too. So, I mean, yeah, to your point, they're playing really good basketball. All around too. It's not just like Chris Paul, but for this argument of Chris Paul, Chris Paul is leading this Suns team to what could be another finals appearance. Does the overall team of the Suns hurt his position though? Because the Suns are, without a doubt, like one saying, of the more talented teams. You're saying, you know, if Chris Paul, mm-hmm. if the argument for Chris Paul to win an MVP is because his team is doing so good, then isn't that a team thing and not a Chris Paul thing? Yeah. You're right. I don't think it does, though. Yeah. Because throughout the course of history, and not just basketball, but in sports, the favor has usually gone towards the player who's gotten his team into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I immediately off the top of my head think back to the 2011 MLB NL MVP race where it came down to Matt Kemp and Ryan Braun. Matt Kemp and the Dodgers didn't get into the playoffs. Ryan Braun and the Brewers did, and Ryan Braun ended up getting that MVP award. So the favorite usually goes to the guy who gets his team to the playoffs. Right, right. Yeah, it, it's one of those things to factor in, especially just looking at the other two guys. There, Not that the other two candidates we have listed aren't going to make it in the playoffs, but just the fact that the Suns are like 20 wins over where these other guys are something to con- you know to consider well right and i think it's different in the nba too because usually it's going to come down to the guy who gets their team into the playoffs you know they, i think it's a wider field for postseason teams to get in it's a wider bracket uh, in the nba than i would if i'm comparing it to the nfl or if i'm comparing it to the mlb so i think usually it comes down to players who are on teams that are going to get themselves into the postseason so that's my number three spot. And the reason he's number three is because these top two guys are just top two. I mean, they just are. I think usually some people, I've seen, from what I've seen online doing research, a lot of people have Joel Embiid in the three spot, like I mentioned. But I put Chris Paul up there because of the season that the Suns are having. And my top two guys, everyone has in the top two because, like I said, they're just top two talent, talent mm-hmm. and caliber. Number two, my second place vote goes to Nikola Jokic. This would be his second MVP if he were to win it after winning it just last season. He is top five in points per game with 28, top five in rebounds per game with 13.6, almost 14, top five in field goal percentage, shooting 40, or excuse me, 58% from the field, and he's top two in advanced stats like player efficiency, individual performance, and even a handful more. Not to mention that he is one of the pure basketball players in this race. Mm -hmm. You know, he is one of the most crisp play type of guys that the NBA has right now. He's really hard to watch. Not to mention, that's that's the thing that makes him so good is that he's hard to defend. You just can't put up a game plan to stop him and expect to win because you have to game plan for him to score and have a good game. Mm -hmm. That's the way it's going to go. And part of the reason why I like him so much, and this isn't something that, you know, everyone talks about this, but his ability to pass the ball, yeah, is also really fun to watch as yep. as a person who played point guard most of his you know his basketball career mm-hmm. like and just priding myself in a good pass. Watching a good pass is really fun to watch. Nikola Jokic does that pretty much better than any, anybody. Yeah, especially for a big, especially for a big man too. Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. 
The reason that I don't have him number one, like a lot of other people do, is because I looked at some other stats. You know, Tony G does his homework. Mm-hmm. He looks at not the highest scoring guys, or he doesn't look at the best shooting guys, or the guys with the best record. I looked at another stat. You know what I found out? He's not in my number one because he averages almost four turnovers per game. I was just going to say. Which is in that top 50 mm-hmm. in the NBA. I was just going to say. Top he's, 40, I think. He's got 64 more turnovers than Giannis at this point. Exactly. Right See, and that's the thing that gets me is that if you want to be the most valuable player to your team, yeah, you have to be one most valuable player to your team, you know, in scoring, in production, in defense, even in some uh, unmeasurables like off-court, you know, locker room presence. And these guys certainly carry that. But you cannot be inconsistent. You cannot be unreliable in big moments and turn balls over like it's just okay Mm -hmm. to do that. That's something we've seen a lot from LeBron this year. Even though he's having a great year. And he was in the talks, too. Some of the top scoring stats, but uh, what was that? He was in the talks, some of the talks, too. Yeah. Like maybe three weeks ago at this point. Exactly. And even, you know, I looked up, I tried to find some of the most recent analysis, too, and even... He's in like the top 10 in some of the discussions. And it's like, you know, yeah, but again, They're there's not, always yeah. that echelon of is that team good and successful in getting to the postseason? The Lakers are bad right now. They're now they're out of the playoffs at this moment in time, I believe. That's correct. So anyways, don't mean to pull away from Jokic. It's, yeah. Yep. He, so that's why he's my number two spot is because of the turnovers. Do you want to take a guess who my number one is? Wearing a shirt. I mean, I can read it. <laughs> you can read it. <laughs> Tony G Nation can't. Uh, Tony G Nation, I just want to let you know that I'm wearing a shirt that is advertising the Milwaukee Bucks. I like to. I don't want to show bias here. Mm-hmm. I don't like doing that. I really don't. I like to keep it professional on the Tony G Show. We're from a Wisconsin market, though. Bucks have a big game in Brooklyn against the Nets tonight. I'll be watching for that. My number one is Giannis Antetokounmpo. It would be his third MVP. He won it in 2019 and 2020. Didn't get it last year for Jokic, but I think he should get it again this year. He, If you think about it, he's won two MVPs already. And this season, he has a career high near 30 points per game. Not to mention a defensive player of the year, too. Exactly. Not to mention how good his defense is that was just on display. If mm-hmm. you want to think about the most recent example, the game where he had like three blocks against the 76ers, and one of them was in a huge moment yep. in the final seconds. I think they had a tip ball with one second left after that's that play. It, okay, that's what it was. So, I mean, that's a, it's a game-winning Because they, they went to review, mm-hmm. and they had to look at it. Yep. It was this huge moment. You want to think about how good the defense is for Giannis Antetokounmpo? That, to me, is also an indicator of his MVP presence. Right. Like, how, how can you... I mean, he's literally the leading candidate for Defensive Player of the Year, which yeah. is... Half the game. Exactly. That is half the game. Yes. And the fact that not many people are bringing that up is kind of shocking to me. Well, and it's so respectable, too, because in the NBA, you see a lot of players who don't necessarily prioritize defense in their game. Mm -hmm. You know, it's more like, I'm just trying to shoot the three ball. I'm trying to, you know, get a triple-double every day. And they don't emphasize that defensive play because it's the NBA and, you know, it's a high-scoring league. But Giannis does. Mm-hmm. He does those small things. He gets back quickly. He doesn't sit there and showboat when he hits a three, if he does hit a three, or you know when he makes a big shot. He just runs back to the other side of the court yep. and gets ready to play defense. That's not something the guys prioritize a whole lot. And and he's really, I mean, the thing that I like about his defensive style is he's not afraid to get dunked on. 
Yeah. Like, he will meet you at the summit every time. If he gets dunked on, so be it, but he might get you in a block, too. That's which true. is really fun to watch. And just to me, the fact that the defensive player of the year is also in the MVP race, that should factor in. Yeah, well, 100%. Or candidate defensive player of the year. I don't, you know, Bridges is having a great season. I believe he's in the second place right now for odds. So it's hard to say how it'll pan out, but. You are coming back firing. I mean, you are right. That's a great point that Giannis might get dunked on, but he's not afraid to meet you under the rim. Mm-mm. Come try me. I dare you. He'll if you jump. win, you win. Great job, but mm-hmm. I'm here with you. Yep, straight Beat up me. clean, too. I mean, he'll be, you know, he'll go up and just, which is, that's an all-around player. Chris yeah. Paul is a great player, don't get me wrong. Yep. But his game managing and just, like, the way he organizes that team, he's he's the glue there. He really is the reason why they're that good. But he's not going to be rejecting Joel Embiid at the rim, <laughs> at least that often. Exactly. Maybe once in a while. But. Well, and that's the thing with Giannis is that, you know, he, he has that highest impact game to game in the NBA. I mean, when he plays, it's always like Giannis does something big. Mm-hmm. He had a huge dunk, he had a huge block, or he's had a 40-point game. Or It's like every time he plays, he just has that sort of impact that no other player has. You know, he doesn't have an off day. Now, you know, he might have a bad day shooting-wise, but he makes up for it on defense. He makes up for it underneath the rim on offense mm-hmm. and defense. He makes up for it in other ways that, you know, might favor guys like Steph Curry or LeBron James because of their shooting ability. Giannis is just that different echelon type of player. Throwing out some more numbers at you, he is at a career-high eight free throws per game and also averages 11 rebounds, which is about fifth in the NBA right now. So he's just, you know, like I said, that perfect example of the high-impact game-to-game or the defense that we're talking about is that block on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. He's playing at the highest level of his career, and if he's won two MVPs already, that should mean his third is not too far away. And do you think if this race comes down to being so close, big moments like that block, just do you think that's going to be something that they factor in in that decision is where were they in those big moments? Yeah, I certainly think so. There's no stat for it. There isn't. See, and that's the thing with the NBA is there's so much that comes down to unmeasurable stats. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just can't tell that type of stat. But you're right. I, I think so. I think that does play a factor that Giannis gives you a great game every time that he he's out on the court, mm-hmm. but he gives you his best minutes going down the stretch of a ball game. He'll give you the best four minutes he's got going down the final four minutes of the game. He doesn't start off hot. and Well, I shouldn't say he doesn't start off hot. That's not a good way to put that, but he doesn't give you the best four minutes mm-hmm. in the first four minutes and then just taper off as the game right. goes. He gets better as the game goes on, or at least he doesn't taper it's off consistent. in the way some other guys do. At the very least, it's consistent. And it's consistency. You're right. So let me ask you then what, you know, just to remain totally unbiased here, what, what does Giannis not have, a, have going for him at this moment? Because there are reasons, you know, he's not the clear shot winner for a lot yep. of people. A lot of people yep. have him sitting at second and third. Where, you know, where do you see his game falling off right now? Well, it's always been his three-point ability. I mean, he's always kind of never found that. I don't know what it is, if it's his wingspan and just mm-hmm. how long his arms are that he can't find the right arc yeah. to really get going from three. And he's not terrible at it. I mean, no. it's not like you're sending out Tony G to shoot a three <laughs> at the at the perimeter every game. He's you know He's got the ability to do it. He's just not as consistent as some of these other guys are. Chris mm-hmm. Paul is one. Steph Curry is, of course, one who is now, as of a few months ago, the all-time leader in threes made. I mean... So when you look at, when you compare him to these other guys, he doesn't have that three-point ability. 
Especially, but, but he's still got everything to make up for it. Right. Especially when you look at bigs. I, I think Jokic can... We don't have the numbers in front of us, so we could be way wrong. But Jokic probably is a little bit more efficient behind the line. No, I don't want to say that for sure, but... Um, or behind the stripe. But... Yeah, you're probably right. And the, it, that seems like a topic that people bring up all the time. But at the same time, he's n- the number one candidate for defensive player of the year. That should make up for some part of that game, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, I you would think. And I, I think I think people take that in stride. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, because, you know, at the same time, people want to see that offense. That's just what people like. Mm-hmm. But you're right. I mean, if you're looking at this from a subjective matter. Yeah. Giannis has got to be an MVP, if not a second-ranked MVP, conter- right. in comparison with guys like Jokic or uh, some of these other guys like Embiid. I don't, pu- I wouldn't put Embiid up there just because I don't think he has that presence. He's a great player. Mm-hmm. He's an elite-level player, but he doesn't have that presence on a game no. that Giannis would or that Jokic would. So I, that's why I left him out of this top three in the NBA MVP discussion. But bringing it back to team-wise to wrap up this discussion, West is probably the tougher conference. If you're looking at it, the Western Conference is really solid, especially with the top three that they got in the Suns, Grizzlies, and Mavs, not to mention the Warriors, Nuggets, Jazz. I mean, that is just one through six is a gauntlet, is a gauntlet of teams. And the East is great, too. If you're looking at just the East, I would say the Bucks, even though they're not first in the conference, are probably the most polished team if you're thinking about it, the way that they have depth on the bench, the way that they have name power, the way that they have coaching, the way that they have... I mean, just every facet of their game is second to none. I mean, it's just a well-put-together organization from top to bottom. And if you look at some of the top talent that they have, Giannis, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, they're getting back, and he's starting to find his groove again. Mm -hmm. But even guys that come off the bench, a Pat Connaughton, a Grayson Allen, these are guys that produce... They have depth, and it's just a very polished team. Very, po- It's not a top-heavy team. It's not a bench-heavy team. It's not a coach-heavy team. It's all-around talent. And to me, again, sitting here with a Buck shirt on, mm-hmm. want to come from a non-biased perspective, even though I'm from a Wisconsin market. It's just the most well-put-together team in the East. I think that they could really give Miami a run in a seven-game postseason series. Um, especially because there's been some locker room trouble for the Heat this year. Mm-hmm. But just the fact that the Bucks are in this stratosphere again where they're one of the better teams in the NBA. Giannis is having yet again an MVP-type season. What more do you need to see to say that the Bucks are one of the better teams in the NBA? Right. They have that consistency going for them, at least through most of their bench. And yeah. yep. like you said, seven-game series, I mean, that'll be fun to watch. They're going to make, they're, they're, at the very least, they'll be a really good adversary in this playoffs coming up. I don't want to sound overly confident, but I think they're a good team. I'm, f- I'm so glad we finally got to that discussion. Of I the know. NBA. We haven't talked Bucks once yet, I don't think. Not this season. This is the first time in season eight. Sorry it took us this long to get here, but there's just been so much going on with the NFL offseason mm-hmm. and the MLB lockout and college basketball, college football that it just kind of got the back burner. So. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we finally got to discuss it. That was a really good conversation. Let us know what you think. He's at Willis5312 on Twitter. I'm at Tony G Nation on Twitter. You know, I say that every show, and we don't get much social media interaction. I'm serious. Give us a shout. Mm-hmm. You know, tag us in a tweet. Drop you a like. Think, where you agree or disagree with something we said. Let us know. Yeah. We like to see it, actually, when people disagree. It's yeah. kind of fun. Absolutely. Love seeing the opposite side. Mm-hmm. 
of the spectrum and love seeing that interaction on social media too. Come to TonyGNation.com and there's a place where you can contact me. You can yell at me and you know, it's, that's a message that only I will get that doesn't go out to the social media world. So if you got to, you know, lay the smack down to me verbally through that email, I'll get an email from you. Let us know what you think. Contact us here at the Tony G Show. We're going to switch from the NBA to the NFL because some new rules coming out just this week in the NFL for overtime. Uh, good or bad? Kinda, I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. But just to preface... It's like, you know, it's just bogus because Aaron Rodgers has gotten the short end of the stick in overtime so many times, and now one Bills Chiefs game in the playoffs, Uh and oh my gosh, we need new overtime rules. Get over yourselves. (laughs) Am I biased today or what the heck? No, also the fact to me, why are they so um, reluctant to implement this in the regular season? (laughs) Yeah. What are they worried about? I don't get it. I don't understand it. It seems like it's like, okay, we need a way, we need an easy way out to keep this game. I'm not a firm believer in this, but we need to keep this game scripted. <laughs> okay. Get certain teams into the playoffs. Yeah, that's so weird. Why, why are why are uh, owners and teams uh, reluctant to implement that into the regular season? Why would they? Seriously, give me a legitimate reason to why they don't need that in the regular season. I think there's a priority on the postseason because it really matters as to who. I mean, it's winner. I get go that home. in the regular season. It, doesn't I mean if you elongate how about this for a counter argument if you elongate in overtime you're elongating a game mm-hmm. which is more chance for players to get hurt and this or that and you're it's essentially free football in a market that you got to pay for that you got to pay for your tickets you got to pay it's for true. your red zone you got to pay for concessions and all that stuff you know it's just giving away your product for mm-hmm. free so I guess that factors into it. Yeah. I, I guess just part of me is like, in terms of fairness. Right. You know. If you're going to do it, do it. Yeah, exactly. If you're going to go in, go all in. And and I guess for the, I, I don't even know if you've explained what the new rule is. We have not. Should I do that? Yeah, you should probably do okay. that. Okay. We, we kind of got into it because we're really hot about this topic. We're really, you know, passionate about this. The annual off-season meetings for the NFL are going on. You know, the owners, the coaches, the annual coaches' pictures just came out. A lot of people making fun of uh, Matt Rule for how he looked. He looked like he was, had shoulder pads on and, you know, looked really goofy amongst uh, some of the most successful coaches in NFL history. But regardless, this is the time where everyone gets together in the off-season for the NFL and talks about what needs to happen, talks about memories, you know, shoots the breeze. And so a new rule came out requiring each team to get the ball in overtime no matter what in the postseason. Not in the regular season just yet. It's going to be coming to regular season play after 2022 possibly. So we're going to go through this season with each team getting the ball in overtime no matter what in the postseason and not the regular season. And then after this season, it could implement into the regular season. I'm not so upset about that as I am at the fact that we are not talking about eliminating the tie in the regular season. Like, that to me is a more pressing issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could say, oh, I, I like what it does to the to the division standings, and, you know, it adds that extra knot in there that you have to work through, and it's like, I don't care. <laughs> like, I do not care. I want a clear-cut winner and loser. This isn't 1961 anymore. Let's get a winner in this game, you know? Mm-hmm. Not sit here walking away going, oh, wow, I just watched the... Lions and Steelers tie. What a game. No, I don't care. Give me a winner and give me a loser. 
now I'm getting all hot. Now I'm getting, you know, let's just, here's some points to keep in mind as we talk about this. It keeps that craziness going of Bill's Chiefs. You know, it was one of the better games that we've seen. It's something that will be loved and remembered for recent, for, for upcoming years and near future, that Bill's Chiefs game in the playoffs that was so great and so back and forth. And I like it, but like I said, how many times has this happened to someone like Aaron Rodgers? Where I can, we can count at least twice off the top of my head in the postseason where he hasn't touched the ball in the, in the, over, in the overtime mm-hmm. period of play. 2014 NFC Championship game when the Packers blew it. Seahawks got the ball in overtime and ran into the Super Bowl. With a touchdown in overtime, Aaron Rodgers never touched the football. The 2015-2016 season, the NFC Divisional Round, Packers-Cardinals, it was that Jeff Janis-Hail Mary game. Mm-hmm. And then it was Cardinals touched it first in overtime, a little flick to Larry Fitzgerald. He ran all the way up the field, gave him another little flick. That Andy Reid kind of shoveled past behind the line of scrimmage, and he got into the end zone. Aaron Rodgers never touched the football. So how many times has this happened to someone like Aaron Rodgers, who you would love to see go deep into a playoff run, and he's had it snuffed short because of this overtime rule. And now it happens to one Bills Chiefs game to Josh Allen, and all it happens to Patrick Mahomes, and now we got to change the rule. That's what I'm telling you. Get over it. Man, this... For those of the people that are in the camp that the NFL is scripted, this is this is gasoline. <laughs> yeah. This is gasoline. It is. Seriously. Like to not to, you know, be aware of how broken that rule is and be like, yeah, but we're not going to put that into regular play. It, now again, weird. there's a chance it could happen after this next season. It's not going to happen, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> there's no way. I ha- I What's I hard, can't come what, up with a counter-argument for you. I don't understand what's ho- keeping them from implementing it now. I guess maybe like airing times. Maybe like this, a collective bargaining agreement. Yeah, maybe. Oh, yeah. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but the collective bargaining agreement doesn't run out for another like seven seasons. I mean, they just got a new one. Yeah. I mean, it uh. should last for 10 seasons, I think. So, whatever. That's the way it is. Um, Are you happy with the rule change? Yeah, I mean, I am. I think overtime to me, you know, I don't mind the fact that neither that one team that there's a chance only one team could get the ball mm-hmm. because you know you had all four quarters to play, and right. now it comes down to a coin toss on who gets the ball first. And if you want to get the ball back, stop the offense. Mm-hmm. That's what it comes down to. But I mean, I don't mind it because it's that free football. You mm-hmm. know, it's that free product from the NFL where. Overtime is extended. Overtime is, you know, about finding out who's going to win this game and who's going to lose this game, who wants it more. And it comes down to really an intense battle for five, ten minutes. So I, I, I don't mind it, but it is what it is. Yeah. It you feels like, like it? I, I think it's a step in the right direction. It feels like yeah. the, the overtime rules have, it feels like there's been minor, you know, tweaks to it every like two years. Yeah. I think part of the problem is I just need to commit to one mm-hmm. and just yeah. this is the rule. And, you know, I just had that thought when you started giving a response to if you liked it or not. It's showing that flexibility that the NFL is going to be like, well, we'll listen to what the fans want. We'll listen to what the teams want. And we'll start to mm-hmm. make some changes, see how well they're received and yeah, start to consider if this is something we want to persist with mm-hmm. and changing. So we'll see what happens moving forward. But that's the new rule. Just figured we'd discuss it and leave it there. You want to talk TikTok, Will? I've been waiting for it the whole episode. (laughs) I know you have. Here's what I mean when I talk about TikTok. Juju Smith-Schuster has signed a one-year $10.75 million deal 
with the Kansas City Chiefs a few weeks ago. Juju Smith-Schuster, the former wide receiver for the Steelers, is also known for his TikTok presence. The social media app TikTok making the short dancing videos. So he's joining the HR team as well. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> or the marketing team. The wow, marketing that was team. way off. Yeah, the HR, HR team. I didn't know what you were going for. I just kind of laughed to kind of make you feel good about yeah, the bad joke. bad joke. I whiffed. But back to this uh, discussion, Juju Smith-Schuster, there's speculation on if he's going to collab with Jackson Mahomes. Jackson Mahomes Are is, you serious? The, is the brother of Patrick Mahomes, who is also known for his TikTok presence. There, is there actual articles about this? I have not read any of this. There's speculation that they might collab on social media, and it got to the point, uh, speculation to the point, where articles are coming out saying this. Per CBS Sports' Shannon McCarriston, Juju Smith-Schuster says, end quote, this is a direct quote, nah, this ain't happening. I'll put it out there right now. Right now, I'm not making t- no TikToks. Close quote. So it, came, it got to the point where he said that, and... Here's what I want to point out. Not making no TikToks. That's a double negative, Tony. So is he actually going to make TikToks? Because ever since he's gotten there, he's persisted to make TikTok videos of him signing in Kansas. He made a TikTok dancing in his New Jersey. That's some rhetoric right there. It is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Interesting to think about. Now, here's why Here's why this is a, a topic worth discussing. Because both of these TikTok creators have gotten in trouble for some of their TikToks over the course of their careers on this social media platform. Juju Smith-Schuster has made videos dancing on the logos of teams on the field, you know, like when he goes out to warm up before a game and they're on the road. He's danced on the logo and made a TikTok about it when he was with the Steelers. He's done this against teams like the Cowboys, Jags, Bengals, and Bills, and it finally got to him in Cincinnati when he fumbled a couple times. They got the loss in that game, and people are like, yeah, how about you stop making videos Dancing on the logo of a team. And so he did that. So that's where Juju gets in trouble. Jackson's, uh, Jackson Mahomes gets in trouble because he makes uh, he made a dancing video where he danced right on top of Sean Taylor's memorial logo mm-hmm. at a Washington football team game last season and tweeted an apology afterwards, got a lot of flack for that. But it's something where Jackson Mahomes kind of gets the short end of the stick because he's quirky. Mm-hmm. His dances are never in rhythm with the song. No. And he is, a lot of people think that he has gotten this popularity because he is Patrick Mahomes' brother. Which is so, yeah. Probably, I mean, there's that factors in. Yes, definitely. I mean, he's definitely gotten on the bad side of football fans. Not to mention, along with uh, Patrick's wife, Brittany, Brittany Matthews, Brittany Mahomes, that she has also done some things where... She's caught a lot of flack on social media, you know, in a big game with the Chiefs won. She was like pouring beer over the stands of their of their box that they had, mm-hmm. or their club seats, and poured it out on, the, you know, and just doing stupid stuff. Like, right. It really gets on the there, bad side of, of people. There was something too, and I don't have this in front of me, but there was something that Jackson Mahomes did. I think it maybe was through TikTok. We'll have to look this up later or, or, or check me and just for the viewers to like look at it later. I think he tried to plan a party at some like really small little like family owned restaurant and they like called within like 20 minutes and they're like, hey, we're going to have 40 people there. And I guess it just didn't go well. And he went on TikTok and he had everybody like rate yeah. the restaurant really bad. Yep. And like it literally like almost destroyed their business. Well, and yes, you're right. That is an occurrence that did happen, something along those lines. In doing research for this topic, Stony D does his homework, even if it's about TikTok. I looked up why Jackson Mahomes got in trouble, you know, looking up other things than dancing on the Sean Taylor logo. Right. And apparently there's a company 
that he was in contact with, Jackson Mahomes' mutual contact, going back and forth with messages, and this company said that they would send him a care package of their products. I don't know if it was like clothes or mm-hmm. what. Yeah. In exchange for Jackson Mahomes mentioning that TikTok or that uh, that care package and the product from that company mm-hmm. on his TikTok and saying thanks for the tic- thanks for the care package or whatever, and then he never did that. And then the company tried to persist to reach out to him, mm-hmm. and Jackson Mahomes never got back to him. So he got this free care package that he was supposed to advertise. Mm. On the company's behalf, on his TikTok, and he never did it. So it's, it's just some sort of sketchy business right. that, that goes on there anyways with TikTok. So. so let me ask you then, you know, because obviously we're talking sports here and we're not just talking about people's TikTok presence. Correct. Where does this, you know, play into the Chiefs? Where, where do you see, you know, are they going to be negatively affected by this? Is it going to be something that's really a problem for them? Or is it just something that it's like kind of... Interesting I to watch. I don't think the Chiefs have the tolerance for it that the Steelers do. Mm-hmm. You know, the Steelers have had many off-field issues, where yeah. they have to, especially with the Antonio Brown stuff, where they just kind of let players do their thing. And if it means repercussions from society on social media or whatever, then that's what it means. And the Steelers have just kind of let it happen. The Chiefs, I don't think, have that type of tolerance. Mm-hmm. And plus, I think Juju Smith-Schuster has started to warm up to the fact that these TikTok dancing videos are starting to rub people the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And if he has any, he will. He probably should. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so I think the Chiefs still have good product. I think Juju Smith is still a good, you know, productive wide receiver. Oh, he's great. So I don't know that it'll affect on-field play, but it's a good question. It's a good uh, portion of this discussion that needs to be discussed and, mm-hmm. and brought up in conversation because is it going to play a factor? We've seen it play a factor in the past with the Steelers. So, and with the amount of controversy that Jackson Mahomes and Patrick's wife Brittany have started, you know, it just goes to show how bad the the controversy is that they start because people love Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, social media fawns over Patrick Mahomes, and rightfully so. He's a good guy. He's an honest guy. He's been with his woman Brittany since high school. I mean, so he has that stability to his life. He has that commitment, and he has a lot of respect. But the fact that People around him use his fame for their fame and for their good time in a wrong manner, like Jackson Mahomes with his TikToks mm-hmm. and doing things that are just arrogant and cocky and losing respect. Brittany Matthews doing things where a lot of people on social media lose respect for her. It just goes to show how bad the controversy is because people still love Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Still well, fight for Patrick Mahomes and against some of the actions and Patrick has come out and said, no, he, you know, he's close with his brother. He's close with Brittany and mm-hmm. you know, everything's okay. But still some people on social media are, are just, you know, uh, persistent with the fact that they have lost respect because of some controversies and rightfully so. Right. Rightfully so. And to bring it back to Juju here, um, do you think just like the whole like dancing on the logo thing was just kind of the, what really kind of got him to be like, oh, like he's that TikTok footballer? Because I mean, Alan Lazard has a TikTok. I didn't know that. Quite, I, th- I think quite a few Packer players do. My sister sends him sends his TikToks to me all the time because they're kind of funny. Hmm. So like, there's other players that have it, but it's like they don't get as much flack for it. And I wonder if it's just because like, just the whole dancing on the logo thing is like a disrespect to certain people. And I and, think teams certainly took it with that hint of disrespect. Right. right. And, and so just kind of the way, how how you go about it maybe is kind of like he yeah. has that reputation of like 
I don't know. Maybe there's a balance of enough TikTok for a football player. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's I like just don't let the two intertwine. I get you right. want to use your football player persona mm-hmm. to further your TikTok career, and I get that. But it's like in a pregame atmosphere. If you're spending time not warming up and dancing for a TikTok video, it's like, what are you, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, focus on a game we got here. Don't be making TikToks. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just the type of actions that's not going to win a a Super Bowl or a, an MVP or something like that. Like, that's just not the mark. Uh, it, you know, and I don't mean to be cheesy by this, but it's not Mamba mentality where you are focused on the game at hand and it is do or die if you win this game or not. And you're not worried about TikTok. You're sitting here in pregame making TikToks on the logo on the field. Get right. over yourself. That's kind of yeah. So looking at Lazard's TikTok here, he has he's 113,000 followers. Okay. Which is a good amount. Yeah. But he does what, what he what he does that my sister would always send send to me. He does this thing called Juice of the Day. Okay. So, but it's never like he's not like recording on field. You know, it's not like like you said anything pregame. So that maybe that's the difference, you know. Yeah. It, it, you have your your social life outside of the game, but when you're prepping for, you know, a, a game in the National Football League, you're you should be fully present on the field. A hundred percent agreed. And you know, just to wrap up this discussion, Kurt Benkert is known for his YouTube and yep. his Twitch stuff, but it's all about his video game stuff. Mm-hmm. He de- he does nothing from on field stuff. Right. It's not like he's, you know, dropping in on Warzone. Yeah. You know, middle of the game. Exactly. A hundred percent correct. <laughs> So we'll leave that discussion there. Glad we could talk TikTok today. Yeah. We had a good show. We did. Nice to have you back. We had some good commentary. Finally got to the NBA. Making a TikTok, maybe? Maybe. Yeah. Hey, Tony Genation on TikTok. We'll see. You're dancing pre-show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Will McCormick do some choreographed dance in, in Tony G Studios. Do I don't know. That, that wouldn't work really well. Mm, okay. Yeah, we could record TikToks live while we're doing the show. <laughs> while we're doing the show. Playing music over. Holding a conversation about whatever yeah. we're talking about we that day. We should do that. No. Okay, fine. <laughs> whatever. Be out on the idea. I'll do it by myself. Uh. So that'll do it for today's show. Mm-hmm. Good to have you back, Will. Good to be back. See you on next Tuesday, huh? Yep. It'll be April by then? Oh, my gosh. Golly. Season's cruising right along. And we only had one interview for the March interview, March series of interviews. Life's getting busy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a busy time. Hit us up. Hit us up if you're interested for an interview. Yeah, we'll see true. if we can squeeze good you point. in April. I have a couple ideas, but I don't exactly know where to go yet for them for the April series, so we'll see what we conjure up. Yeah. It was a good show today. Uh-huh. We only have about 10 episodes left of the Tony G Show. Regular season time coming to an end. Sad things to think about, but we'll see you next Tuesday. That's Will McCormick and Tony G for the Tony G Show. <laughs>